0: Welcome to Transition, gadget 360's gaming and pop culture podcast. Today's episode is going to be a lot about Microsoft with some news about Xbox Scorpio and Minecraft. And we are also going to be talking about Dawn of War 3, Ukulele, an Overwatch event, and something bad that's going to happen to iOS games. As always, let's first begin by talking about the people who are on this podcast. We have regulars Rishi Alwani. Hello. Mikhail Madani. Hello. And I'm your host, Pranay Parab. So first of all, we should talk about this Xbox Scorpio thing that's happened. I mean, they did a reveal. They showed the specifications. But we didn't see the one thing we really wanted to see, did we?
1: So we didn't see a lot of things we were supposed to see.
2: Yeah, like reveal is pretty much pushing it, I think. Yeah,
1: it's, it's like saying, like, it, okay, long story short, all Microsoft did was tell us what's inside the box, what specifications Xbox Scorpio has. They haven't mentioned what the official name at retail is going to be, they haven't mentioned a release date, they haven't mentioned price, and most importantly, they didn't even showcase games that would work on this hardware. Reason being, uh, unlike... Usual Microsoft events where all this information is given out wholesale. This was an exclusive reveal by uh, everyone's favorite pixel counting subsection of Eurogamer called Digital Foundry. Now, Digital Foundry is a site people like me go to if I have multiple consoles, which have for multi-platform games. I to know which console or PC or if the PC plays it better. I check Digital Foundry. So Digital Foundry has a kind of reputation with the ent- enthusiast crowd of being able to tell you which. Uh, which game plays better on what platform. And uh, so now the problem is Digital Foundry, from what I've been given to understand, uh, would have found out anyway what the Scorpio has in terms of, you know, they they have a good reputation. They're able to find leaks as as they happen. So uh, they would have found out either way. So Microsoft, I think, decided to preempt that and decided to do an exclusive thing with them. But like I said, all we got to know is spec. And uh, the spec seems to be very good. It lives up to that six teraflop of marketing spiel that Microsoft talked about at E3. But that aside, it seems to be quite, I mean, lame. But I think Mike Mike can add to that. So uh, six teraflops
2: and all is great. But the problem is uh, the CPU they're using is still, as of now, unconfirmed. And all uh, signs are pointing to another custom Jaguar. Which is what the PlayStation 4, Xbox One, Xbox One S and PlayStation 4 Pro have.
1: Just to be clear, when Mike is talking about Jaguar, he's not refer- referring to bathroom fittings. He's referring to the processor codename AMD uses. I think people would assume the car over bathroom fittings. Exactly. <laughs> what can I say? Some of us <laughs> like sanitation Okay. over autom- automation. But <laughs> having said that, yeah, so rumor is it's probably going to be just 30% faster in terms of processor speed over uh, the P- the PS4 Pro's processor. It's a
2: 2.3 gigahertz versus the PS4 Pro's 2.1, and uh, this is basically going to hold back the consoles in the ter- in terms of open world games, streaming. I mean, streaming assets and stuff like that. Like you're not going to see the drastic change from PS3 to PS4 as you did in GTA, going from Xbox One uh, S to Scorpio. Uh, Games are going to obviously look a lot better, they're going to load faster as Microsoft has shown, but uh, I was hoping they'd do something better with the CPU given the quote-unquote premium price which they keep mentioning and also uh, uh, given how much they keep talking about how this is like for the hardcore people and stuff like that.
1: And what's even interesting is that, uh, fine, it has a lot more memory. I think 12 gigs of memory. Yeah, 12 versus 8 GB. Uh, But the fact of the matter is uh, you're still going to be held back in terms of native 4K. So the reason why PS4 Pro is able to do 4K is because uh, Sony cheats a bit in the way it renders games and the way it presents them. And it works for for a large part. But even though in a lot of times it's not native 4K, it still looks the part and it does a very good job with it. And come on, to be honest that uh 399 dollars which is uh, and even though know, 38 990 here which if you know where to look becomes uh 31 990 is still a very good deal at the end of the day and because uh, because again we know what's happening we know what to expect in microsoft's part all we got is the specs no games no nothing and that's what's disturbing to me the only game that was shown off was forza 6 that two forza 6 apex edition which is now-
2: what, like, two years old now?
1: It's a two-year-old game at the end of the day. And on Xbox One and One S itself, it
2: ran at native 1080, 60, but uh, the cost, like, visual cost was evident. Like, the cars looked great and it ran fine at 60 FPS, but everything else in the environment was pretty empty. It looked like, you could say like you were playing it in the Metal Gear Solid 5
1: open world almost. No that man, barren. Metal Gear Solid 5 open world had a lot more going for it. This is like, for example... You okay, op- so
2: this is like Drive Club VR almost in the environment, but at higher resolution. Yeah,
1: essentially that. It's like you ordered a, you ordered this ma- magnificent seven-layered seven, seven layered chocolate cake, but all you got is a sponge cake instead. <laughs> like a boring <laughs> sponge cake that looks like a loaf of Do you of make red. sponge
2: cake in your bathroom with your Jaguar fittings? <laughs> what the
0: <heck? laughs> <laughs> okay, before this conversation gets totally derailed.
1: But yeah, um, so it was just a little disappointing.
2: And the only yeah. uh, direct feed, either screenshot or footage we got, was one picture of one screenshot for Forza 6, which looked really good. And it showed off uh, the stats on the top left, which has uh, it had it what? The GPU usage was only 66% while it was rendering at 4K60, which is really good. But uh, again, this is a this is a like Forza 6 Apex edition was ported to PC and it runs really well. I'd be more interested to see how Forza Horizon 3 runs given exactly the latest yeah. patches on PC have it not running at 30 FPS for most people.
1: Yeah, latest patch essentially has broken the game on PC. So
2: earlier, Digital Foundry had a video of it running at 4K 60 on PC with a Titan X, I think. Now forget 60; even 30 is not possible at 4K on a lot of cards which should be able to handle it. So that's a little disappointing like going with Forza 6 instead of like even Halo would have been a little disappointing I'd like to see more newer like newer games
1: I think a lot of this has to do with the fact that uh Microsoft wants to reserve all the gaming announcements for E3 but let's be honest here uh this is this is, hasn't been a good year for Microsoft so far all we've seen is Halo 2 they've ca- uh, sorry sorry Halo Wars 2 they've canceled uh, Scalebound which was well publicized they have had no big exclusives except for halo wars 2 in the last almost four months right now meanwhile on the playstation 4 fine you might not have 4k or you might not have quote unquote true 4k but the the last i checked when scorpio is not going to get horizon zero dawn or near automata or yakuza 0 or persona 5 so or gravity rush 2 for that matter so uh i mean we've reached that point in the life cycle where it's about the games man and so far, we've got nothing from Microsoft.
2: And the, the game's coming up until E3 is basically uh, Phantom Dust, which is not even a remaster or a remake. It's essentially a port. Yep. And of- Voodoo Vince, which is, again, I mean, like, I don't so care about Voodoo that. So, Voodoo
1: Vince essentially was a game for the original Xbox. That was a platformer when those things were cool. But that's about it, right? I mean, there, there there's nothing new. There's nothing worthwhile. And I mean, hopefully- we're gonna get a
2: release date for State of Decay 2 at E3. That's what they've said. So no more footage. They've talked a bit about the game. So for people interested in that, it's fine. Uh, nothing about Sea of Thieves yet. Yeah, which no- is again one of the bigger exclusives from them, which Rare is handling. And uh, if if like if things go as they usually have, and the game bombs, it's not gonna end well for Rare, given. <laughs> How Microsoft handles these things. I guess
1: you can say, Sea of Thieves is a rare exclusive.
2: Yeah, yeah. So, so basically, uh, the ins- so basically, they just revealed the spec. They showed off the motherboard. Digital Foundry had lots of articles and videos explaining things about how it's gonna like run games better than the PS4 Pro, which it will. Like you can just brute force at this stage. But uh, I I really want to know what they're gonna announce for this year besides Forza Seven, which is. Like it's a given at this stage.
1: Yeah, and that aside, from a consumer standpoint, let's be honest here. If if you want to if you want to play games at the maximum fidelity, you wouldn't bother with Scorpio or PS4 Pro. You'd just be on PC. And I mean, at at the end of the day, Microsoft hasn't even ended the Xbox uh, Play Anywhere program just yet. ukulele as far as I know, is also part of it.
2: They're not going to end it. So. People expecting the games to come out on Steam is probably going to take a long time for that to happen, if at all. But uh, Play Anywhere is here to stay because they're transitioning it to a service more than a Exactly. With
1: Xbox turning into a service, do you really need Scorpio? I don't think so, because at the end of the day, we're also looking at a situation where while it works for manufacturers and companies to push 4K as an agenda, uh, the number one... Uh, resolution for most consumers is still ten eighty p. So you so at the end of the day, if you if you're concerned about future proofing, you might as well just get a PC and be done with it. Why would you even bother with this? You rather have the to me the best combination at this stage. If you're someone who plays games regularly, is pick up a PS four on the cheap, have a semi decent PC. Worst case, pick up a Switch. Or personally, I'd say wait for more games to come out before buying the Switch, and you're good to go. uh to me Scorpio seems to be full trying to. It's, it's trying to be a solution to a problem that doesn't exist just yet. I mean, 4K is not a thing. So, I think, yeah. but
2: they did say that every game, if you're playing at 1080, every game will have native downsampling, which is something which uh, PS4 games don't have, and devs need to patch it in in a lot of cases. Super sampling, actually. super sampling. Sorry. So sampling. what?
1: So what? What this actually is is if the the game will render with internally at 4K. And push up, pu- push out that image on a 1080p screen, which allows for a cl- clearer, crisper image. It's it's a great way to go, and it's something some PS4 games have on when they run on the Pro, like Rise of Tomb Raider and uh, Shadow of Mordor. But it's not so it's not something Sony has made as a system level. So tweak yeah, this is going
2: to work out better. And also, basically, if someone owns an Xbox One launch model, they should easily upgrade to this if they want to just play the same games better, and I... they don't want to bother with PC because come on, if you want to play all of Microsoft's exclusives on PC you're going to have to deal with the Windows store which is like worse than reading steam community discussions
1: which is true <laughs> uh but at the end of the day i still we don't know the price that's oh, the We best don't part. know the
2: price i'm just saying like if you're looking at it from the standpoint of people who already have an xbox one or one s and want to just play those games better and want to upgrade and for some reason don't want to buy another console and play both it's going to give like all third party games are going to run much better like You're going to have Red Dead Redemption 2 easily outperforming the PS4 Pro version, even though it's going to get some DLC later. Stuff like this is going to happen.
1: But come on, man. Everyone's waiting for Red Dead Redemption 2 to come to PC, like the first game.
2: Yeah, totally. Which will come,
1: (laughs) like,
2: uh, I used to make this joke with what, yeah, when GTA 5 got delayed so many times, it's going to include Red Dead Redemption bonus to make up for it. (laughs) But that's
1: actually happening. They're making Red Dead Redemption within GTA Online. How do you feel?
2: I mean, like, that's what you have to do, right? When you're not getting the AAA games, you want get some modder who has a lot of time to, like, put it into GTA 5. They made Vice City also. May as well, like, make Forza also into this. So, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, so essentially, if you, if you don't want to buy Scorpio, just pick up GTA 5 on PC. You're sorted. Yeah, All with, like, games. three
2: layers of DRM. <laughs> so, so, yeah, I think... Anyway, I think,
0: moral of the story is, PC is the premium console that everybody wants.
2: Yeah. And also,
1: Scorpio. Yeah, uh, NeoGaf memes aside, uh, I approach this with caution. Let's wait till Microsoft actually says more and uh, leave it at that for yeah, now. Yeah, I
0: mean, forget all of this right now. Honestly, I'm I'm not gonna be interested in the Scorpio unless they announce a lineup of games. The
2: problem so. is this year's big racing game from Microsoft is gonna be Forza Motorsport Seven, which is the boring version. Of the Forza games, <laughs> so yeah.
0: Even I don't like sim racing games. Honestly, arcade versions and are the what's worse more is, interesting it's ones.
1: It's probably going to be up against uh, GT Sport. Mm. And he,
2: like, even though even if GT Sport turns out to be absolutely bad, it's going to outsell this for some reason. Exactly. Mm. So, so, I, I like. I was, they should have Forza Horizon 4 instead. Like, just reskin this shit and release it. It would be better than Forza <laughs> Motorsport 7. Like, 6 was so boring. Just yeah, boring but Forza same. Horizon 3, on the other hand, was an absolutely yeah, phenomenal superb game. game. Superb yeah, game. Superb. Yeah, enjoyed it a lot. So, yeah. Anyway, so
0: moving on to other things, Microsoft. Uh, somebody wants to talk about the Minecraft marketplace. Mike, I guess that's you.
2: Okay, so uh, after Microsoft acquired Minecraft and I don't know what, what they did with Mojang... Uh, it's called Mojang. The studio exists. Okay, so still exists. after they acquired Mojang and Minecraft, uh, Microsoft has been releasing updates to Minecraft on every platform, and they've been announcing new versions of Minecraft, like. Uh, In fact, in Japan, the PlayStation Vita version of Minecraft is the best-selling version. So you have a Sony-published Microsoft game on a handheld which is dead outside being the best-selling Vita game in Japan. So it's a little funny.
1: To the point where Sony's own executives have publicly said the Vita lives. Vita means life because of Minecraft.
2: And... You have Microsoft, like, it's pretty much a Microsoft-branded Vita. They've released custom Vita models for Minecraft in Japan, so this is a huge thing. Uh, they announced Minecraft for Switch also, so Microsoft is not uh, holding it close as their other exclusives. And ever since they've acquired them, the mobile versions and the PC version, which has now become the Windows 10 version, have been getting a lot more updates than their console versions. Uh, so they just announced yesterday that there's uh, the Minecraft marketplace would be arriving in spring when the discovery update which is 1.1 arrives for it as well and this basically allows uh, creators to sell mods for minecraft and allows consumers to like browse download and play mods now uh, a lot of these mods were free for the java version of minecraft which is now like defunct it's still playable i think i'm not sure but uh, you basically a lot of those free ones are now paid and uh, microsoft said they want people to make a living on this marketplace where they can charge and earn revenue from this with, like, a favorable split, unlike what Valve is doing. And uh, also, they will, I mean, it's going to be open only to their partners, quote-unquote, which is going to be, like, a hand-selected few. few. Uh, Eventually, they're going to open up applications to anyone with a registered business to start uploading and creating mods for Minecraft only on mobile and Windows 10, they haven't specified whether this will ever come to the console version because uh, this uses in-app purchases and its own virtual currency
1: yeah so essentially this is interesting from a bunch of reasons uh, one it shows that microsoft's not just sitting on its 2 billion i think 2 billion dollar acquisition of mojang and two what's really interesting here is uh, they actually think that it's sustainable for people to make a living selling content for the game uh reason being uh valve reduced uh, the royalty amounts that creators get for making skins in dota 2 from i think 25% it's down to 6% uh, it's a smart way to grab that audience by saying by by having such forward looking statements uh, obviously we don't know what the fine print is right now but it's a statement of intent and i think it's a pretty good one because at the end of the day, while we do know that you know games like CS:GO and Dora 2 are doing very well because Steam stats are out in the wild, fact of the matter is, uh, Minecraft is doing equally well across all platforms to the point where rumor has it, uh, Microsoft wasn't too happy that they only sold I think 50 million units last year, something around those lines. So it's it's a sales it's a sales behemoth, and it makes sense to try. Uh, you know retaining those customers retaining those customers and have more content out for them but the, what's but the fact that you're and it's what's also smart is because you're limiting it to mobile and uh, and pc you you actually have a more favorable sp- split from the company standpoint and i mean at the end of the day it's something i think people will bother with
2: uh the split on mobile would be the same as it is on console oh, for the most okay. part except uh, Approvals are a little easier on mobile than they are on console for updates, but uh, Microsoft has pushed new modes like there are battle modes and other co-op modes which they've added and they've been almost on a regular basis been releasing skin packs. Across all consoles, mobile and Windows 10. Yeah, they have a don't Power under... Rangers skin pack of <laughs> all things. What I don't understand though is why the Windows 10 version is different from the Xbox One version.
1: Oh yeah, that, that's very because odd. Because Microsoft,
2: like all their games are now play anywhere. So when you buy it on one digitally, you get it everywhere else. So why would a studio you own have two different versions when you basically control approving on Xbox? That's because... And it's the same
1: currency also. Perhaps, it's a little confusing. Perhaps, like, the PC version has something, you know, different. Like, I don't know. Maybe some something's different in the code. Maybe there's some way they can't do it. So,
2: yeah, it's still treated as Minecraft Xbox One Edition versus Minecraft Windows 10 Edition instead of it being Minecraft Xbox Edition across, which is what they're going with with their play anywhere. So, we'll see how this pans out when it actually releases in spring. But this is all they've said for now. And, uh, yeah, it's, like, shots fired at Valve. Yeah, it is.
1: It is. But then again, they they need more than Minecraft if they actually plan to take on Valve, in my opinion. But that's not going to happen anytime soon. Uh, I'd go so far as
2: to say Minecraft is way bigger than CSGO and Dota. CSGO and Dota is this thing with gamers. Minecraft is everywhere. Yeah, exactly. Like they sell figures of YouTubers who stream Minecraft. Like that's the level it's reached. What? Yes, it's a thing. Okay. They sell like people who stream Minecraft. They have their own figure line. For Minecraft streamers, it's it's just the behemoth. There, there's, there's yeah, no. Yeah, it's just a matter of the crowd, right? And like also, said, like yeah. they even have Minecraft Education Edition, and also it's basically it's much bigger. I'd say than anything so, Valve So,
1: so where's my Minecraft Esports Edition, bro? Shh!
2: <laughs> what probably like make a do make a TF2 hat in game as fast as you can. I don't <laughs> know what. <laughs> So, yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay, then I think we should move on to the next um, topic on the list. Let's talk about mobile for a second. I mean, we hear something. Oh, yeah, some bad news. Yeah, extremely bad news bad for news, iOS. Uh,
2: bad news uh, thanks to certain uh, lazy publishers and also thanks to negligence from Apple. For caring about games. Ha
1: yeah. ha.
0: <laughs> anyway, so what has happened is uh, we've been hearing about this for a while now that iOS is dropping support for... iOS 11. Yeah, iOS 11 is going to be dropping support for 32-bit apps and games. So this has not confirmed, been confirmed just yet, but... I mean, there's no smoke without fire. So there's so many rumors since uh, for the last six or eight months which say that apps that have not been updated to the 64-bit versions will be uh, removed from the app store. And also
2: uh, on iOS uh, 10... it, when you launch an old app which hasn't been updated for 64-bit, it this says... This app may slow your phone Yeah, this down. app may slow your phone down. Yeah. From iOS 10.3 onwards, it says this app may not run on future devices. Yeah. Future I- versions of iOS, which is basically telling you what's going to happen.
0: Yeah, so on my phone, at least, there's Thomas Was Alone, which is uh, giving this... That
2: error. That's like... Uh, I'm a little surprised uh, the developer d- left it in that state because it really runs poorly compared to even the PlayStation Vita version of the game. So... I think that's a given that it's not going to be updated. Yeah, but the one that sand. I'm really
0: sad about is Touch Arcade. Uh, their app will not work anymore. I mean, it's, their app has been in limbo for a yes. very long time. And it's, of-
2: it's not. Uh, and they've said that they can't do anything until Apple allows them to do something. Yeah. Whenever they submit updates. Because uh, Apple has this uh, rule that you cannot replicate App Store functionality in an app, yeah, I you mean, can't do
0: app store basically. So
2: basically, Touch Arcade's app is a is an app for their website that also notifies you and lets you search for games on the app store, which is essentially bringing more revenue to Apple. So I I can't understand. Yeah, why they, they also do tell this. you
0: when there is a price drop and give you a notification. Yeah, yeah.
2: yeah so <laughs> this is a very useful service because a, a lot of people just wait for a sale before buying an app or game. So yeah. having that is useful. But for some reason, Touch Arcade and App Shopper which are very useful services for consumers. Apple isn't allowing them to update their apps and these two are probably going to get cut off when iOS 11 hits.
1: I think it's a bunch of things that come into play here. One, uh, Apple wants to ensure from a a brand and strategy standpoint that it's the only fish in the sea, that you will go to the App Store whether you like it or not. Yeah, that's exactly why we don't have a
0: humble App Store bundle either. Yeah,
2: so uh, you still have to go to the App Store in the end, even if you see the... If you, if you get a game that's okay, the game has dropped from $10 to $5, when you tap that link, it still opens the App Store.
1: And there's another part to it. If you guys noticed, Apple has started expanding the indie games, uh, the, the discoverability of indie yeah, games. curation the the has become curation. a lot better. And at the end of the day, they want to ensure they're the only place not just for discovery, but for curation and visibility as well. So it's essentially crea- owning your own distribution channel. Secondly, what's also more interesting is, uh, I don't know, man, if you guys noticed, there's a certain little company in the UK called Arm, which might have nothing to do with Apple going forward, and they make Apple's processors. Okay. So per- for perhaps it's a sign of things to come that if Apple's moving to new architecture. processors
0: or GPUs? No, they've,
2: like, they've been making their own SoCs for a while and yeah. they've been for bit
1: Based on ARM's designs. Mm. So my point is, if they're going in a different direction, there's a good possibility that uh, the software might not, might just not work going forward. Maybe it's just a way of preempting that. Maybe it's a sign of things to come. It's There's a lot more at play here than uh, than it seems to be. But it is a great disservice to the people who have supported the App Store from day one. It is a great disservice to gamers everywhere. And fact of the matter is... Uh, Apple can afford to do this right now because they are the largest platform but once they open their eyes and realize that you know other options exist where backward compatibility is a thing on Steam on Xbox where you know your games work across and it's something even Sony's trying to do to some degree with with PS2 games available on PS4 through you know, a direct purchase. But my point is, where's the sense of preservation then? And if that's not going to come from the platform holder, are we restricted to, well, you know, buying an iOS device from a certain era, not updating the version of, uh, of your OS on it and just keeping your games there. How is that going to work then? That's what's really bothering me here. They,
2: I think from their standpoint, they, they look at it that they assume people have the latest hardware. They stop caring about your phone after two years, which is like known, uh, so when they add, like, iOS 10, they expect someone who's, like, had an app from iOS 6. If you're selling your app, uh, you just need to update it. So they think you're going to do that. Uh, like how uh, Pranay mentioned Thomas was alone. Like, it's going to be one of the ex- rare exceptions from the indie scene, which is not going to be updated, probably. But the the big standouts are going to be when uh, Square Enix's premium games, like The World Ends With You... Uh, final fantasy tactics don't get updated because while they've updated some of their other games uh they are very erratic with supporting their premium software that they charge like 20 dollars for capcom got a lot of flack for uh monster hunter on ios which wasn't updated for a long time in fact 2k is the worst out of the lot which they just pulled bioshock from the app store yeah and that's it it gone yeah so uh uh Apple, obviously, they need to realize that games are important to them. And a lot of people buy iOS devices for games. Like, I see this happen. But because they are so far ahead of Android on this, they just don't seem to care. I mean, it's the same as uh, Microsoft with Windows. They keep trying to do anti-consumer stuff, which affects games. I mean, you can say, oh, game mode helps games. But overall, your OS is crippling gaming slowly. Actually,
1: it doesn't. That's the best part. Because uh, I I think Akhil had a story up on, on our site which you guys should check out called gadgets360.com. And uh, long story short, game mode is essentially a placebo at this stage. So it's, and yeah, and that's, a, that's the a thing, right? With Microsoft, at least Tim Sweeney is there to call them out on their, you know, bullshit. So,
2: yeah. So on, on the mobile side of things, you just have like touch arcade, basically the, the Apple focused app sites don't really care because almost all the good apps get updated. So that's not a thing to worry about. But yeah, Apple needs to realize this. Like, they're doing this with curation of indies. They need to have a quote-unquote compatibility mode for legacy apps. and yeah, no, You I'm can't f- just cut off support because there are developers who are not going to update. Like, in a lot of cases, the code base is not going to be... Like, there are going to be copyright battles and stuff happening. Like, you have games which have different creators and maybe they've been fired or they've left the company. You still have their games in the store. It's a lot of effort to get them to update yeah. from and to the to not just that, for a
0: game like Thomas was Alone, it's a premium game, right? So yeah. he may have seen enough sales, Mike Bithell, uh, but then now if he updates it, the amount of effort it takes, the amount of time it takes, probably not worth the investment because new people are not going to be buying the same game again.
2: Yeah, but like uh, that that really annoyed me when it released on the App Store because of just how badly it is. It, it really feels like an Android game more than an iOS game at this stage. But uh, yeah, Square Enix is definitely going to get a lot of flack from big sites and uh, people are going to call out apple on this because uh, you know the uh, the old people who like just don't update their apps and who buy the who have apps for a lot of years and all who's still using probably like iphone 4s and 5 uh, actually no wait they won't even get ios 11 i just realized no, so that it's going to be 5s and later yeah. it's going to be a problem for people who uh, who've just upgraded and still using the old apps when suddenly you like uh, like suppose you have a sleep cycle app you just open it when ios 11 hits and it says this app doesn't work on your phone or it just crashes That's going to start causing problems for Apple. It's like going to be this beast which just wakes up, I think. Yeah, but in this
0: particular field, at least, Apple has never really cared that much, honestly, because if I'm not mistaken, game developers have been asking for basic tools like restricting certain old devices from downloading the game. Uh, which is still not available oh yeah so, and
2: like they have to mention it in the notes yeah every yeah.
0: time the, no this will not work with iphone 5s or older phones and
2: it's still people download it and it yeah. still shows up and so the one star
0: reviews will come up because it's not working so, on your phone so, so yeah it,
2: it is a problem and developers have had to uh use weird uh, workarounds like saying oh we need this in gyro or something which is not there on the old device so that's why it can't be downloaded so Yeah, they've been uh, Apple, but I'd say with curation, they are listening in some form. So they have opened their eyes, but uh, I don't want it to become a situation where it becomes like iOS becomes the Windows 10
1: of gaming. I mean, it's (laughs) getting there, guys. Give it time. (laughs) Give it time. It's getting there because I mean, at the end of the day... Windows
2: 10 hasn't reached the stage where like when you push out an update, X devices just go for it. Like Look at Android Nugget. It's like what, 4% or something? And how long? Okay, five percent. Wow, it's
1: apparently got really good adoption rate. Five okay?
2: percent after what? More than a year? A year almost. L- so meanwhile, iOS ten point three came out, and probably everyone and their dog is updated. No, to but it.
1: so here's the thing. At the end of the day, it's what what, what most what most consumers don't realize is that for developers, uh, iOS isn't that you know get rich platform it used to be. You are heavily dependent on being featured by Apple. You're heavily dependent on on being curated by Apple. You're hev- heck, it's reached a point where uh, within Apple itself, like for example, if your app is featured on, let's say, uh, on a- on the App Store in France, there's a good chance another neighboring European region won't feature you yeah. because there there is internal politicking you have to contend with as well. So at the end of the day, what used to be you know one of the hotbeds for all the cool stuff that used to come out isn't what it is, and a lot of developers have been echoing this. None of them obviously will will. A lot, not not every not all of them are going to actually say it on record, but that's that that's the underlying sentiment from a lot of the developer community. And what makes matters even more amusing is that uh, every other, the bigger the bigger guys, King, EA, the likes, they 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 don't have to worry about these things because they have the marketing money, they have the community, and they're able to push out and brute force well the system in in a way and able to get that revenue, get that retention, and it's worked for them. So it's essentially from a developer standpoint. Uh, the app store has become what console gaming used to be. Tough to enter, tough to succeed. So I wouldn't
2: yeah. say it's tough to enter, it's tough to succeed because anyone can make an app or game. Yeah, I mean, but if you
0: the, want to be a colossal failure, higher, it's right? very easy.
2: How is the bar higher to release a game? You just need to release, send it, it gets approved.
1: My point is, what I'm trying to say is actually, for a lot of developers, it was easier to make a game that was simpler like a or a basic clone of something that used to exist. Okay. Now they can't do that. Now they actually have to think. It's no, quite no, no,
2: no. So, succeeding is still very hard, but they can still release whatever they want. Yeah, they can. Like, 100 Flappy Bird clones still release every day, I'm pretty sure. So, that's a problem for them,
1: but... Uh, Which then makes me wonder, why is Apple approving 100 Flappy Bird clones?
2: I don't know. And
1: they, they
2: basically uh, reject some actual useful app updates... I just or understand. actual apps. I mean, yeah, uh, or actual apps.
0: Yeah. So it's it's weird because they have screenshots of the iPhone, which is like Apple trademark.
2: Oh yeah, thing. yeah. So but yeah, yeah it's still not uh, as bad as Google Play though, with like no approval and whatever you submit just releases like basically mm. what Steam greenlight would become. Yeah. What bad was bad that stuff.
0: Legend of Zelda clone we saw? Oh yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah. Potion horn. <laughs> <No>. <laughs>
0: And now Ocean On
2: is coming to Nintendo Switch. Like we've got full circle. (laughs) And PS4, bro.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay then. Okay. So let's talk about... So
2: basically, the whole iOS 11 thing is uh, some games and some apps you like probably won't work. So hopefully the developer has made enough money or cares enough to update it. And also, I know for a fact that when a, if games that are updated with iOS 11 specific features, whatever they are, Apple is going to proudly feature them and say, these are games updated for iOS 11. So that's another incentive for developers to Yeah, update. man. But
0: as Rishi said, I mean, the app store has an inherent problem in the sense that it depends too much on being featured. It uh, does. I mean, if... if uh, Featured
2: and also, uh, I, I won't even say getting reviewed matters because a lot of people will not look at that and they'll just look at the app store. So... Yeah, it is a problem.
0: Yeah, and also like older stuff, it doesn't really surface as often. I mean, it's all too dependent on human curation. So, yeah, I mean, something like the games you mentioned, right? And and human curation
2: is going to be difficult directly because the apps that do the curation or let you follow other people are difficult. So you're going to have to, like, rely on... It's a a mess.
0: You're going to have to rely on only Apple's curation and they don't really care much about games like Final Fantasy Tactics. No, they Uh, do.
2: They feature the Final Fantasy games. Yeah, but once, Yeah, but, like, that's the main thing. When it releases, you have your editor's choice and it gets a shitload yeah, of you scenes. see
0: like off late they've been doing this thing where like if there's new content in a game then they come and feature yeah, it yeah and they do but that I mostly have, for free to play yeah stuff. I have never seen good premium games show up over yeah. there even if they get good content it, it doesn't really it's unfortunate yeah it is so anyway moving on uh, Rishi you want to talk about Dawn of War 3
1: so Dawn of War 3 is a uh, sci-fi role-playing a sci-fi real-time strategy game which is a rarity in this day and age because the only when you think of sci-fi and rts the only thing that comes to mind for most people is starcraft well uh it's from the warhammer 40,000 series hey so, have you heard of this game called age of empires there was a car in there which is very science fiction
0: cobra car yeah. the Delogian. it wasn't science fiction was it, it was a
2: sports car dude.
0: yeah but it was science fiction for that age right i mean you're in the stone age and you have this cobra car roaming around which spins on its own axis
1: shooting yeah somehow yeah but yeah. then people still like Age of Empires people still care about that is yeah, that still man. a thing
0: I do it's my favorite game of all time
1: yeah but from the publisher who killed the studio yeah like, no, too man. many feels here thanks let's to not Halo Wars 1 yeah thanks to Halo Wars 1 yeah let's not get into it yeah like Ensemble ensembler anyway so
0: yeah Dawn of War is in the Warhammer universe yes. where everything has to do with the Emperor and you yes. keep shouting so it's for dark, the Emperor
1: it's dark grimy it has space orcs it has space marines and it's pretty cool uh, it looks really really nice uh, it's got a killer soundtrack as well gameplay is just as you'd expect good to real-time strategy to play. So yet.
0: I haven't really seen anything about this game yet, but I have played uh, Warhammer 40,000 Dawn of War and Dawn of War 2 both. So Dawn of War was more like Age of Empires, where yes. you just build armies and then attack your enemy. Yeah. And Dawn of War 2 was more like a team-based tactics RPG.
1: So yeah, yeah. The, uh, what's interesting is that this is kind of yeah, hits the middle ground between both games. So it's got the same resource management and uh, base management you expect from Dawn of War 1, but at the same time, treads the fine line of the almost MOBA aspects of Dawn of War 2. So you'll have your hero character, you have to make sure he stays alive, you go from one part of a, of the of map to another. It works quite well, actually, for, for a large, to a large degree. And what's really fascinating in all of this is uh, how they've managed to keep it, at the same time, it's still very accessible. So there's a lot of depth if you're looking for it. You can actually level up your characters. They they gain, they gain veterancy as you play and stuff. It's really, really nice. And um, aside from, you know, being an RTS, which you rarely get nowadays, it's also, I mean, surprisingly good to play. And light on the system, which is, sh- again, shocking.
0: Uh, only on the PC, right? Yeah, only on only PC. Only on Windows, yeah.
1: Yeah, yes. only on Windows. And it's surprisingly good. So, but what's... what's what what I find very amusing though is I think six to eight, I think a, almost a year ago uh, Sega released a uh, Total War Warhammer which was the fantasy uh, real time uh, sorry fantasy strategy game. Uh, from Creative Assembly, the same guys who made uh, the Total War series, and uh, that was uh, basically the fantasy setting. It was pretty good. And then a a year later, you have uh, Relic, the guys who made the earlier Dawn of War games, and Company of Heroes, and Company of Heroes. Oh yeah, that's also a thing. Oh what, lol. Yeah. Yeah, So uh, so it's 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 pretty nice to see that there is some love uh, for the uh, for these genres, especially from publishers like Sega who are, well, notorious for having a furry fetish for for Sonic the Hedgehog. So it's nice to see stuff like this come out. And uh, it's looking to be really good. We should have a full review, I think, by uh, April 20th. So, yeah, that's looking really, really nice.
0: Yeah, I'm really looking forward to playing this game, but then my backlog is so high right now, I don't even know if I'll you ever get to, to, to it. just need
2: to play Persona 5, like, forget whatever Rishi said in the last five minutes. Hey! Yeah. And
0: I don't have a PC, which is, you know, so another this might probably
2: this might come to Mac, because Total War Warhammer 1, I'm sorry, uh, Warhammer 40,000 Dawn of War 1 and 2 both came to Mac. Yeah, but
1: yeah. will
0: it work on the MacBook Air?
2: Probably will, if you turn on everything, because, like... It sure yeah, it's people played Civ Five on it.
1: Yeah, and like the voice acting is really cool. The entire setup is well pretty kick ass. You're just you know killing hawks and stuff, and it, it works. It just works. And you have the and what's really nice is they don't hold back. They show off all these ma- these really huge robotic units that usually get towards mid and end game they actually show them up front which is really nice so yeah it seems to be a welcome addition to the franchise
0: all right so as we were speaking i uh, went to amazon and ordered a full gaming
1: pc so yeah i'll be playing this game maybe tomorrow
2: why would you order a gaming pc from amazon yeah
1: just go to lamington road and assemble one too much work man it's not that much work (laughs) we know a guy we help you out on that.
0: Yeah, okay. So anyway, I think uh, it is now time to talk about the games we've been playing this week. Yes. Rishi, I think you should start by talking about ukulele.
1: Oh yeah, so I've been playing ukulele. Play Player for Review. It's a very colorful throwback to 90s uh, platformers. You know when Super Mario was a thing on the N64 where uh, people saw games from a 3D perspective with an actual camera and they were like blown away and this is essentially in the same vein it follows the banjo series of games which was made by well surprise surprise rare and now the guys who made them left rare started their own studio called platonic and uh, they they had ukulele which is on kickstarter and it's pretty it's pretty good shockingly good so uh, it's a good throwback to the 90s style of uh, platformers the camera works the controls are responsive it's and the humor is there it is so much fun to play uh, What's really interesting is that they managed to slip in a character that looks like a 3D version of Yoshi from the Mario series. And uh, they and I'm surprised they haven't been sued for copyright infringement for that because that character is absolutely hilarious. <laughs> and all he does is play old arcade games which he has to play with friends because there's no online multiplayer. <laughs> and and then it, there's another character who you meet who looks like a cloud like the clouds you see in, in uh, Super Mario yeah, yeah. in the Super Mario games and Mario Kart. And you you have to race with him so it's like Racing in the cloud, taking mm. pot shots at Microsoft as well. Mm. So it's got a lot of this uh, cool humor aspect to it. It's quite a lot of fun to play. Uh, I think we rated it an 8. And yeah, it's, it's still it's right up there. It's really a lot of fun. Yeah, so awesome.
0: So Mike, I believe you've still been playing Overwatch and there's something new happening in that world.
2: Yeah, uh, so... Tomorrow or later tonight, depending on time zone, Overwatch is going to have a new event which is which they do these seasonal things. Or yeah, I think
0: at this point we should mention that we are recording this on April 11th. So, somebody, if they listen in the future, they'll find out that, okay, this yes. event has probably happened. Uh,
2: so, the event is supposed to take place from April 11th until May 1st US time. So, it depends on where you are. That may vary. Uh, and instead of being around a season like, say, or a festival like Halloween or Christmas or whatever... Uh, they're actually going back to Overwatch lore and uh, pulling out this thing called King's Row Uprising, which King's Row is a map in Overwatch. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, basically... Do you know anything so about
1: So it's essentially... So the, the rumor the, the rumor of this was floating around for a while that there's going to be a new Overwatch event. Now, usually most Overwatch events take place around the same time as real-life events, such as, such as the Olympics, Valentine's Day, uh, Chinese New Year, um, and Christmas and the like. This is the first Overwatch event that takes place in the in-game lore. Uh, what happened was yesterday, uh, the French over, uh, I think the French Overwatch YouTube channel uh uploaded a video early called overwatch insurrection and uh, it took place in king's row now the the background story to overwatch was uh the game takes place after uh the world has been quote-unquote saved or taken care of from a robot invasion the robots are called omnics uh one of the key locations for this was king's row in london uh, and King's Row is featured in a few uh, Overwatch cinematics in the past, such as the Widowmaker uh, introduction video, where they show her taking, uh, killing a, a high-value target, a high-value omnic target. So uh, all of the action takes place in King's Row for, the, for Overwatch insurrection. And uh, it, according to game lore, it's seven years before Overwatch, the game. And uh, you essentially get to play as characters from, from the game Tracer, um, uh, Torbjorn, the likes. And um, essentially, you're, you're fighting against Omnix. Now, we, the, the trailer video that, that was leaked shows a, shows a bunch of robots you're fighting against. I don't know if this could be like Horde mode or Firefight, which we've seen in Gears of War and Halo, respectively. Or this could just be a new addition to a map. It, it, seems, to be, it seems to go that way. Uh, plus, there's a lot of loot i think uh, uh blizzard's promised over 100 new cosmetic additions to the game in terms of skins in terms of sprays and stuff in terms of emotes so uh if you're someone who's already invested in overwatch who spent as much time as mike has which is i think 300 plus hours at this stage yeah you'd be interested or even if you spend as little time as i have which is, i think close to 100 hours yeah i mean there's a lot in it for fans and uh, what I find interesting in all of this is that the timing is very apt because a couple of because a week ago, Overwatch game director uh, Jeff Kaplan was giving interviews to everyone, hinting about how there's going to be some new stuff for the game, how there's going how they already planned the next hero, and he did talk a little bit about how the next event is going to be King's Uprising. We never had an official name till now, and that's what the trailer leaked. So it's going to be called yeah, Overwatch Insurrection.
0: Hmm, cool so I've been playing this game called real life don't know if you guys have heard about it I've been trying to bump up my stamina points wouldn't know
2: playing Zelda is it on
0: Scorpio can you play (laughs) it at 4k is there HDR yeah man it's like 8k but do you have 32-bit support?
1: But do you have 32-bit support? Because Apple's gonna kill that shit.
0: No man, no 32-bit support. Damn. So anyway, what happened was last week I played this game called Real Cricket Premier League, which is a free-to-play game that released on Android first and probably is coming to iOS soon. And that game was so infested with ads that I just had to give up gaming for a week and take like a break from all of that. And I don't these think I've
2: these uh, free-to-play cricket games, they still don't have a way for you to pay and remove ads, do they? So they do, did, they do actually. But oh, so you, you know what? Like,
0: Six fifty rupees to remove for ads how long? forever. Oh, that's not bad if yeah. the game is good
1: no oh okay. so yeah. i don't know like i played it as well and uh, while i will agree that yes they, do, they were over aggressive in the advertising uh what's also telling is that they actually put a lifetime value of the customer at well 650 rupees which is almost 10 dollars which means that okay on a user base of let's say maybe 2 lakh, 3 lakh people, that's the amount of money they expect to get revenue. If I were to do the math, which is to me quite amusing in itself, that means it's a pittance. Hmm. Because if you consider how many cricket games there are out on the market, how much competition is, how how much the marketing spends are, it's a tough business. It's not as easy as most people think it is to it be. It is
0: very hard and that shows. Yeah. and oh, But see, a- Real Cricket 16, at least it's, I mean, we'd say that, the same thing about that game as well, yeah. that there are too many ads and the real problem with, with that ecosystem is that in, in mobile in general, people don't want to pay. So by showing ads, at least there's like a guaranteed revenue stream for these companies. But then at some point, they need to realize that these ads are actually getting in the way of the game so much so that there is no game and there is only like ads and with a little bit of game to just, you know, keep you hooked.
1: And which is really interesting because at the same time, you have guys like uh, like Rovio who made Angry Birds 2, which was fair. I mean, we had people in the office who played that game. I think for 30 hours straight because of the and didn't pay a cent because advertising was fair in it. They didn't mind watching. Same.
0: Uh, what was that game? EA's Plants vs. Zombies 2. Yeah.
1: Even that had pretty good monetization. And I
0: know somebody who spent like literally eight months playing that game pretty much nonstop yes. without paying
1: anything. So that's my point. I mean, it has to be fair. But what's what's also amusing is, uh, it's a known fact that uh, Nautilus, the games developer is known for going aggressive in the ads in the first two weeks and then turning it down later. But otherwise, I mean, there's no way in heck this game would have got a 4.5 rating on the Play Store. Nonetheless, it's still really sad to see that they went so aggressive to the point where it had to be labeled as an ad with some game elements in it.
0: Yeah, and that's a totally fair assessment of it, honestly. Exactly. It's, it's not, like, we're not exaggerating it at all. Yeah. Uh, but you know what? Uh, what I noticed was that this game is pretty much like a rebadged version of Real Cricket yep. 16, the Real Cricket Premier oh, so League So they got version. FIFA'd? Yeah, yeah essentially. Yeah.
2: They but got that FIFA. doesn't apply anymore. Can't use that joke anymore because he actually put in effort last year. Last year, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's see this year. Yeah. yeah. So
0: uh, basically... We can see, like, go to Google Play and search for Real Cricket and you'll see some eight different versions of the game yeah. already out on the store. And uh, I don't know about the rest because I've not played the others, but I played Real Cricket 16. I even played Real Cricket 14, which was there before 16. And I've played this Premier League yep. game. Uh, so from 14 to 16, it was a major jump. There were some gameplay changes and yep. it looked like they've actually put a lot of effort. So I'm saying that, yeah, I mean, that game I'd rate quite highly, uh, to be honest, based on what cricket yeah. games we have. But this is just a rebadge trying to cash in on the Indian Premier League tournament. True going on right
1: now. True, right. and they're not the only ones. A bunch of other games have got updates for the same reason. Yeah. And uh, by and large, yeah, it's, uh, it, the the sentiment seems to be the same, aggressive advertising. And it just leads me to believe that, I mean, at the end of the day, if this is the only reven- revenue stream that works here, uh, what does that say about the audience itself? And if the audience is willing to accept it, well, the bar has just gone lower. So
0: Yeah, it has. It, it's actually quite sad. So since then, I haven't really played any games. And hopefully, I'll start with Persona 5 again soon. I'm actually at the point where I'm thinking that I have so little time to play games that I might as well abandon trying to play Mass Effect 2. Oh, you know what? We didn't discuss that, right? Uh, BioWare issued a statement saying that they're bringing these updates to Mass Effect 2 over the next… Andromeda. Yeah, Sorry, yeah, Mass Effect Andromeda. So, over the next two months or so, uh, they're going to be, like, fixing the game. Include everything, including facial animations and all that. So yeah, Addison, who's the uh, my
1: face is tired meme. Yeah, who's
0: who's the director of yeah. the colonization yeah. operation? She looked like a total, like a doll actually. Yeah, yeah. Initially, but now now that they've updated it, she looks much better, like a human yep, being. Yep. But facial animations still are pretty bad. Yeah. And a lot of other elements are also need to be fixed. Because now that the more I play this game, the more it feels like it's a generic go from point A to point B type quests are there in the game. Yeah. I mean, I did enjoy it in the first i think what 20 hours that i put into the game but after that it started getting tiring
1: i think it's i mean a lot of this to me stems like the same drama i faced with final fantasy 15 where you released a game you got six million in sales then you realized oh you know that that we have enough feedback to tell us what we've done wrong that's not how it works yeah that's i I think it just it's a sad situation
2: also uh one interesting thing about the PC version of Mass Effect Andromeda is the la- the patch, the latest patch which fixes some issues, has a new version of Denuvo anti-tamper tech, which basically means uh, now pirates cannot get the updated facial animations and fixes. <laughs> which
1: is, in my opinion, really cool because, uh, I mean, let's be honest, if you like the game, pay for it. If, you, if it's something you've seen, I mean, you shouldn't be... But then there is also
2: uh, a downside to this because a few people had issues with Dishonored too recently where they were trying to play it on Steam and they got a pop-up saying cannot connect to server, please try again. Which is one of your downsides of uh, anti-tamper DRM where it has to connect to a server. So uh, it's going to be interesting seeing how Denuvo evolves because some of their releases have been cracked really fast while they have a new version now so... Uh, the next big PC game that comes out is going to be interesting to see how long before it gets cracked. Yeah, yeah,
0: but see, it's easy for us to say that if you like the game, then you pay for it, etc. But uh, from EA and BioWare standpoint as well, you can't release a game that's basically going to change significantly in the first two months.
1: So that's a, that's the other scary part, right? On one end of the spectrum, you have people pirating. On the other end of the spectrum, you have scumbag business practices. Yes, scumbag business practices. Where you release a game that's half-baked. Just to meet
2: financials, which is evident now they had to release it at that time just for this.
1: And my point is, great for you, man. You guys met your financial targets, but you've done a great disservice to every one of us. Who have been fans of the franchise, know, and also the franchise it.
2: in general, because now you have people sharing like the Meta score of Mass Effect, which is now seventy. Last I checked, yeah. Versus like almost everything which came out from Japan on PS4, which is like eighty plus, and like Persona Five, which is now the highest rated non-remaster on PS4.
1: Yeah. So my point is, show some respect to your fans, man. I mean, it's just a little disturbing that that that, that they that one they did this, and two that they expect everyone to be happy and fix things. That. Like, it's also it also becomes a chicken and egg situation of scumbag practices, right? Piracy on one end, uh, half baked game on the other, and it's a little disappointing to me also because if this is the state of AAA, we are in for a really bad time. It just basically means that if you're the sort who's been subsisting on on an internet connection that's probably two Mbps or less, uh, yeah, you might just wanna upgrade that before buying anything
0: yeah but at this point anybody who's buying these consoles for offline gaming is pretty much like in for like a subpar experience it's have. almost as bad as getting you know one of those free to play games infested with ads
1: have you met mike <laughs> yeah. he's like yeah the prime example of this he can't he's got it he's got a he hasn't got a decent internet connection but he's still playing everything mm.
2: yeah at least on xbox i can take rishi's hard drive with the installs but yeah on ps4 it's a problem sometimes especially with like freaking uncharted 4 i should just play that and delete it because every two months there's like a 12 gb multiplayer garbage patch which i don't care about so yeah yeah
1: it's, it's becoming a thing essentially the most expensive thing you're going to need for gaming in general is going to be internet and
2: i yeah. have a big problem with the uh, developers who shoehorn multiplayer stuff into single player and force everyone to download it but that topic we leave for another episode
0: yep. yeah all right so is there any other game that you guys want to talk about that you've been playing
2: I'm still playing Zelda and it's the best, that's all.
0: Okay, I thought you'd say overwatch again.
2: But <laughs> until I'll talk about that once I've played the event. Okay. So
1: yeah. yeah. I'm not taking the Zelda bait. <laughs> nice try. <laughs> nice try.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's about everything we have for this episode of Transition and we will see you again next week. Don't forget to rate us on iTunes and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube and Instagram at gadgets three sixty. And the music for this podcast comes via Magnus Solai Paulson.